So <clears throat> there, there are times where things happen in our world where I feel like as a student ministry, we need to stop and take stock. We need to stop and, and be in the moment. In high school, about three months ago, uh, the war in Ukraine started. We stopped on Sunday morning and we said, we need to stop and as followers of Jesus be in prayer about what's happening in our world. And, and I hope that you have continued in that and that you've, you've continued to pray um, for what has continued to happen there. But something um, happened in, in our country yesterday, and unfortunately it's something that happens far too often, and I think we skip over it because uh, maybe we've just gotten, gotten used to it. Um, but the second largest school shooting in our history happened yesterday at um, Robb Elementary School in, in Uvalde, Texas. And... Um, I'm assuming that most of you have heard about this happening. Um, 19 children uh, died yesterday, along with three teachers uh, and and the gunman. Um, and I want us just to stop and think about like, how are we supposed to respond as followers of Jesus? What can we actually do as followers of Jesus? Um, I think turning the channel or moving on to the next thing, um, I don't think that's what we're called to do. Um, and, and I actually understand that there's some apathy around this because I, I get that it unfortunately happens uh, more often um, than we maybe want to admit. Um, God's Word tells us that we're to cast all our anxiety on Him. The Apostle Paul, um, who I think his, his mission in life, his, his, his ministry could be defined by his words, follow me as I follow Christ. So, so, so far as I follow and imitate Christ, follow my example. And then he tells the church in Rome, in Romans 12, 15, as he looks at the life of Jesus and still is encouraging them to follow him and, and to follow Jesus, he says to rejoice with those who rejoice, but the second part is also true, to mourn with those who mourn. And he gives that as a command for followers of Jesus because it is, it is how Jesus lived. Jesus lost his friend Lazarus to death. He wept. One of the shortest verses in all of Scripture. We've read it maybe before. Jesus wept. And there was a reason. He mourned with those who mourned. And He mourned knowing that He was going to resurrect Lazarus. And God mourns even though we're promised in Scripture there will be a resurrection of the dead one day for everyone. Those who followed Christ and those who didn't. Some will be raised to be apart from Him and some will be raised to be with Him. But we believe in the resurrection. And yet we're called to mourn with those who mourn. Death is an, an ugly thing that was never a part of God's original design, but sin entered our world and it's broken. And you know, I can remember when I was a freshman in high school, um, maybe many of you haven't even heard this name before, but I remember my youth pastor, Travis, getting up and talking to our youth group about a terrible shooting, the one that was the only one that's larger than what happened yesterday, uh, and, telling us about Col and talking to us about Columbine High School. 
And I remember being scared to go to school. Um, you guys, this morning I had a conversation I never wanted to have with my eight-year-old. I said, Daddy, I'm scared to go to school today. I don't know where you guys are at. Maybe you're scared. Um, I think you guys get such a barrage of information coming at you constantly every day that sometimes it's hard to just sit in the moment and soak in, like, this is terrible. And it should grieve us because I believe that it grieves the heart of God. I believe that Jesus is, is weeping with those who weep. And tonight, I actually want you in your small groups to sit in the uncomfortable truth that this is terrible. That this is awful, what's happened. I want us to be uncomfortable. I want us to pray together. I want us to maybe even ask some tough questions that we might not know the answer to. Uh... Full disclosure, your youth pastor has some questions for God. I don't understand, but I know he's good. And I know that as 19 kids passed into eternity yesterday, God's heart was broken. And I don't get it, but I know he's good. You know, as we respond, I started thinking today, what, what does it mean for us as followers of Jesus? What does it mean for us to respond to something terrible? To respond to tragedy? And the first thing, and I know it sounds like the easy answer, the, tr the trite answer, but when we're told in Scripture to cast our anxiety upon Him, we're being told that we're to be people of prayer. We're to pray together. Uh, the thing I love about King David, we did a series on him a while back, a couple years ago, and went through the Psalms, and we're going to go through the Psalms, not this summer, but next summer, so hang tight. Uh, the thing I love about the Psalms is just the raw honesty. There are times where David is just angry at the circumstances he finds around himself. He's angry at the injustice in the world, but he always stops at the end. He always comes back to, but you, God, are worthy of praise. Somehow, in all of the darkness of David's life, he's able to not blame God. But to understand that, I think, we've broken this world, and we all contribute to the evil in it. It's very easy to look at others' evil and say, well, that's, that's, that's the worst evil. The, the evil we don't commit is the worst kind of evil. Because when we, we ask and we say, well, God, why don't you just stop the evil? I think that's a great question until we start looking inward and say, but if he stops evil, he has to stop the evil that I start as well. And we like to categorize evil, and yesterday was evil. And it was awful. But I think we ought to pray. And I think as you interact with people, if people know that you follow Jesus, they might be watching to see how you react. And I think one of the most compelling things about Jesus as I look at his earthly ministry is that as he cared for people, he listened. It's something I'm still learning to do. But he, 
He listened to people. He leaned into their story and he allowed them to say what was going on in their life, even though, unlike you and me, he already knew. But he listened. He proved his care. And I'm going to encourage you to do something that is hard when you want to share at school tomorrow and you want to get involved in a conversation that turns political around this issue and people are urging you to pick a side I want to urge you to listen to people's hurt. Because that's really what they're expressing. It might be coming out in all kinds of different ways. But they're hurt and they're confused. And life is way more confusing when you don't know the author of it. So have compassion. We need to love. And I think as we listen, my encouragement to you So we need to be really, really, really careful of our speech. How do we respond? And if it's beyond brokenness, I think we might have gone a little too far. We can move toward guessing at what solution should be. Or giving our opinions on what they might be. But I think the heart of a Jesus follower that should shine through and be most evident to the people that you're going to interact with is that you model the heart of Jesus which is broken. I'm going to give you uh, another practical application that I think is maybe harder for, uh, for you guys than it is for me. Because just statistically, you guys spend way more time on social media than I do. Statistically. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're different. But here's the thing. I went on, I know this is going to date me because I use it. I went on Facebook last night. But I spent a total of three minutes before I had to turn it off. It didn't take long for people to turn on one another and get ugly. And I would submit that before we allow that to inform us, we allow God's word to transform us. And when bad things happen, people who have no hope get ugly quick. And I would encourage you to maybe just turn off Instagram for a few days. Don't look at Facebook but focus on the heart of God and focus on the people that we can be praying for, which leads me to what I'm going to ask you to do tonight in small groups. If you have time to get to in small groups, maybe ways that you can give back to God the things that he's given to you and, and, and maybe apply the, the passage from tonight in Nehemiah, that's great, but I want to encourage you to sit in the uncomfortable tonight if you're willing to do this with me. I want to ask you, yeah, ask questions, process, do what you need, but pray. Pray. There are many people who are without hope, who are desperately hurt by what happened yesterday. And the only one who truly heals hearts is the one whom they need. And So I'm going to give you some people you can pray for. There are families, there are moms and dads, 
grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, whoever it might be, that are not kissing their elementary school kid to bed tonight. We're not tucking them in. They're planning a funeral. Pray for them. There are students who go to an elementary school in Texas on a little border town uh, who watched their friends die yesterday. Something no child should ever have to endure. Pray for them. There are teachers in this room who maybe are a little more scared today than they were yesterday. Some of your leaders. Pray for them. Um, There are teachers at that school who aren't there at school today, but they'll eventually go back. And they saw kids whom they invested in, whom they loved, taken. Pray for them. There are first responders, and I don't know how you feel about police and first responders. There's a lot of cultural stuff going on with that, too. I happen to know a lot of police officers, and I don't know a single one who personally, so it's anecdotal, who has not confided in me when they have confided that the worst calls they ever show up to involve violence against children. They're the ones that stick with them. And they didn't get a day off today. They got up after seeing things that no one should ever have to see. And they strapped on their uniform and went back out to work today. You can pray for them. And this one's going to be hard to swallow. This is a hard pill. Okay? No one who was involved in what happened yesterday, not a single person, was someone whom Jesus did not dearly love. And that includes the person who did this terrible thing. He was made in the image of God. And he had people who loved him. And likely what will happen in our society and our culture is that people will demonize the people who loved him and they'll blame them and they'll say it was their fault. And maybe there's even some truth to that. I don't know. I don't know them. But I think followers of Jesus ought to pray for them. Because they are hurt and broken today too. I want you guys to spend some time tonight pausing. Allowing to soak in. Because I don't think we pause long enough. To allow some things to actually hit us and impact us to allow the things that break and grieve the heart of Jesus to break and grieve our heart. And tonight I'm going to ask that you, you do that with me and your small group leaders and your fellow students and that we just spend time and pray together. Uh, I'm going to stick around tonight too um, for as long as anybody needs if anybody wants to talk. Okay? And I'll be honest with you right now, I do not have all the answers but I can pray with you. 
And I can remind you that we serve a God who loves and whose heart is broken today.